I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. We picked a good time to talk about a beach movie. We did. Because right. it's the summer. In case you didn't know, in case someone listening is like, I thought it was the winter. No, it's the summer. In case you haven't, yeah, burnt to a pulp out in the 100 oh degree God. plus heat out there in many parts of the, U- the U.S. But yeah. Why did we like the summer as kids? Like, do you remember how exciting it was to be out of school for the it's summer? It's just because you're out of school. Yeah, that's the only really it's gotta be. reason because it sucks otherwise. Yeah. I mean, was it always this bad in the summer? I don't, it's like the past five years, I've been like, I feel like it's gotten hotter. Well, you know, there is that global Has warming thing, but it, yeah, it does seem like it was that it thing kicked, yes. kicked into gear that pretty quick here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I believe in it. I really do, because this is awful. Yeah, it's like sometimes they tell us, oh, you know, it's going to be really far down the road when you're really going to start feeling things. But it's like, I'm already feeling things. So uh, are we going to be like yeah. 60 and just dead or like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Is is that when we turn into bacon? Yeah. Like, like I, I don't get it. I don't want to be bacon. That doesn't sound no, fun. No, no. Like another reason I don't really want to have kids because like why no. subject them to more of this? But, you know. Exactly. Some people just don't get that. They're they're like, oh, kids are su- such a joy. I'm like, they won't be a joy when it's 2035 and we're all frying like a fucking <laughs> egg on the sidewalk. Ding! Fries are up! Yeah. <laughs> all goes back to that. It does. Every time. Oh, man. Yeah. And actually, this movie does because it also stars Amy Adams. It does. This is one of her first big roles. Second role after Drop Dead Gorgeous. So, man, what a one-two punch there. We're covering the damn Amy Adams filmography here. Apparently, I mean, she could have just like stopped right there, and I would have been like, "Goddess, look at you." I mean, yeah, they're kind of her best roles. Can't get much better than (laughs) these two. (laughs) Yeah, listen, I love Amy Adams, but. Can she stop being so fucking somber in every movie for the past oh, five years? God, what was that? It's like she's trying to make us cut our wrists. Oh, I don't like it. Well, speaking of cutting, sorry, but what was that? The yeah. HBO series, the uh, Sharp Objects. God, sharp Objects. My God. Dude. She just gets drunk and drives a- around town like all. And she was like nominated for all these awards and shit. If I remember right, it's like she doesn't. Yeah. She's just really sad the whole thing. I'm like, yeah. it, I just, I, it's she's not just that impressive. I'm dour. sorry. Yeah. I don't like it. Amy, find some joy again. Yeah. Find some, I like it when you're joyful. Yeah, she's kind of like oh. Reese Witherspoon, like how you know she had all these crazy roles early on and then kind of sombered. Other, like the rom-coms yeah. for forever. But at least Reese has like kind of made a comeback with like uh, uh, the Big Little Lies and she's doing Legally Blonde yeah. 3 and like doing some at least some kind of spunky roles again, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I don't know what it is. I think sometimes actors feel like they have to be very dour and depressing to get mm-hmm. awards, which is unfortunately kind of true. Yeah. I mean, when you think of all the ones that get awards, it's usually for playing someone who's very victimized and very sad and right. um, just bleh. But um, 
I think comedy is trickier, mm-hmm. and I think people should, should start to award those more, and then maybe we wouldn't see so many fucking sad performances every Oscar season. Mm-hmm. It's like, who can make people the most depressed every fucking year? I'm like, I don't want that in my life. What happened to comedy Boy. and camp? And yeah, it's like I know it's like nine eleven hit, and that just went away. You know, this was like, like the last. We need to be year. reverent forever. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, it's like ninety nine two thousand was like, and I guess two thousand one before nine eleven. It's like everything mm-hmm. was still pretty light here. We're at like the millennium, and uh, um, uh, uh, everything. Everyone's still kind of buzzed and hungover from the giant party that was nineteen ninety nine. Um, because <laughs> yeah. there were all those like a million great films that year and um, still a lot of like campy comedies in the first couple years here too you know we got like Bring It On and Miss Congeniality and Joe's and the Pussycats mm-hmm. and Moulin Rouge and Sugar and Spice and Halloween Lula. Resurrection Halloween Resurrection yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> oh it's true you know that counts right I think so <laughs> it's a comedy to me but it is. I mean it yeah <laughs> It only works if you think of it as it really, comedy. Yeah, it's, it's really the only way you can like get through it, really. Um, <laughs> you know, I think what it was was that you know there there was that whole like Y two K scare mm-hmm. kind of a thing, and so the last few years of the nineties, it seemed like every everyone was trying to make sure they got something in. Right. Like they they wanted to make sure that they kind of just like blew their load, mm-hmm. so that if we all died. At least they could say we went out with style and class and a few good laughs. That's how she became. If you look banani. at '99, I mean, come on, yeah, like yeah. that's that was the year. Yeah, everything was good that year. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so then, 2000, 2001, you're still kind of the the hangover from that year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, camp is still alive and well, though. And I, in fact, I would say 2000, 2001 is like one of the campiest periods since like 80 81 um but mm. then it just went away it's like we haven't had a campy period since then and i'm like where no where do you go i want where is I want the some camp? camp i want yeah. some queer people writing films like this one and you know i want yeah do you think it's maybe because like the younger generations don't understand camp could be you think could be do you think they don't get it i think they just don't get don't self-awareness know. period you know it's like everything well no like you said yeah. becomes so reverent and uh there's no introspection or anything else. It's just everything that's on the surface, essentially. Right. You know, it's well because I mean we've talked about it before that satire is basically dead yeah. because yeah. people take everything so seriously, mm-hmm. and camp is basically poking fun at stuff that shouldn't be poked fun at, but they do, right. and it's hilarious. Right. <laughs> so right. maybe that's why, because I mean, camp is just kind of sort of satire adjacent in in a way. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, that they're tied That's to weird. each other in in many ways, um, because you have yeah. to you have to understand at least understand the references sort of. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. If you don't get that, then you're not going to have any fun. And then uh, you also have to be I don't know sharp <laughs> and uh, clever. Yeah. And uh, like if if you're not a particularly clever person, you're going to not have that much fun. And it's yeah, it, it just that's it true. requires a lot of um, uh, neurons firing to understand some of this stuff. But yeah. I, I could see a lot of kids watching this and being like, I don't understand. Like, why are they talking like that? Why are their accents like that? What are these beach movies? Like, why does this look so obviously fake? Like, when they're driving and when they're surfing, like, I don't get why it looks so fake. Like, they have CGI. You can, they can make it look real. It's like, but it's poking fun at a certain style from a certain time. And if you've never seen one, you're probably going to be like, um, 
what is this? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because they they don't play those like beach blanket bingo movies ever these no, days. No, I was it's just been a while. enthralled. I I'd seen this on TV when I was in like whenever it came out, and uh, I was just like, holy shit! First of all, it's so gay and colorful mm-hmm. oh, God, and yeah. silly, and I mean, I didn't understand any of the references, but I was drawn into the just uh, uh, the Technicolor of it and everything just being so yeah. over the top. But yeah. Uh, also color why do we not use color in movies any, yeah. anymore What's that? everything's so drab yeah i mean it's like we have access to color film y'all mm-hmm. why are we not using it yeah yeah it's weird it's like even though society has arguably become more inclusive and uh you know mm-hmm. queer people are everywhere uh it's like where they are uh, uh, apparently uh, are they among <laughs> us you ever heard of pete Buttigieg? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the queers are among the us are oh no <laughs> the queer scare of 2021 yeah but it's like we've everything's just so homogenized though it's like we've lost the yeah the pretty colors and the the camp mm-hmm. and everything else and it's like i want that back you know <laughs> i do too i mean come on like just watching this like everyone is so well costumed mm-hmm. and you know the skies are blue and it's just it's just it, it, they use color it's yeah. nice yeah uh. and it's interesting that i mean it, it makes sense that, that we should tell people if you don't know this is based on a play from 1987 uh that had multiple productions over that period um so i, I could understand like if you if you go if you went to see this first of all i think it only played like in a, in a handful of theaters or something because it didn't make hardly any money. Yeah. It made like 200 and some thousand against a $1.5 million budget. So not great. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I can understand folks maybe going to see this and just being like, what the hell is this? Because it's yeah. it's not like a scary movie or like Shriek, if you know I did mm-hmm. last Friday the 13th type thing where it's making fun yeah. of, uh, those were making fun of horror that was popular then, whereas this is making right. fun of horror like, uh, 50s psychodramas 60s beach movies and 80s slashers so mm-hmm. it's like not uh, yeah. current it's still a parody exactly. but yeah yeah I, I feel like if teenage agers even back then went to see it they'd be like I don't why is this in the, is this taking place now I don't yeah. understand I don't remember this in being in theaters May, I, it must I have either. but it's some pl- some places but yeah I'm assuming from that gross it must have played in like three th- theaters in like la or new york, new york and that's yeah, probably yeah, it probably because I, I i'm sure they thought like what's the real like mass potential here mm-hmm. i don't think it's i mean because a film like this would have never been a hit because no as we've talked talked about dark comedies and films of this sort don't tend to make a lot of money right. for one reason or another i still don't understand it mm-hmm. But they never seem to really even like recoup their budget that much, which is sad. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and this this movie doesn't really try to be mainstream in really, no. So uh, uh, it kind of knows what audience it's playing to, which I always appreciate because it, it, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's very specific. Yeah, it's like okay. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's got a great cast, but at the time they weren't. Most of these people weren't super big, you know, even. Even Lauren no. Ambrose had just—I mean, she done can't hardly wait, but um, she just started six feet under. I think she just started six feet yeah. under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So e- even that show wasn't really, you know, popping just yet. Right. So right. she wasn't really that well known. Right. We mentioned Amy Adams, of course, and um, mm-hmm. Thomas Gibson from Darman Greg, and 
Chicago Hope yeah. and uh, a lot of TV actors. Nicholas Brendan from Buffy, and uh, he did Criminal Minds later on, I think. Um, who else? Yeah, I mean, he might have been the most well-known. At um, the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, Beth Broderick had Beth done. Beth Broderick, uh, yeah. Wasn't it Sabrina? Sabrina, yeah. She was in that, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. One of the ants in there. and um, I did, she, she had done some porn at one point, too. I just I heard that. Yeah, I, yeah. I forgot about that. That that's crazy. Um, good for her. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> I just love her her voice so much. Like mm-hmm. I I could see her being very good in porn because yeah. she's kind of got that smoky voice. Yeah, she she's does. like, hey y'all, I just bake some cookies. I'm like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> Come over here, Flores. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, Matt Diesler, who was in Scream Three the same year. And, uh, oh, so beautiful! He's lovely, and uh, he did waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman, yes, yes, yes. I love him in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he kind of just retired pretty soon after this. Yeah, he did. He was like, I'm out. He did. Uh, there was a TV show, The Middleman, that was like this cult show that was on, was only on for like a season, and then it was gone. Um, Kathleen Robertson, Scary Movie Two, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero, Andrew Levitas, who was another one who did a lot of random roles at this time he's super attractive uh, he did like he's, he was the uh provolone guy provolone or whatever <laughs> <laughs> provolone <laughs> these um, names <laughs> he did hellbent and uh he was an episode of boy meets world and party five and the nanny he did a lot of uh sitcoms um wow yeah and then nicholas d'agusto randomly is in this for like two seconds um, oh yeah he likes he's like the hot the hot dog guy yeah right? yeah yeah, I was like, I've seen him. Yeah. He was just in election. Yeah, we just like, talked about him in election. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Of course, known for like Final Destination 5 and uh, yeah. Masters of Sex and other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. God, he's been working forever. Yeah. It's a stacked cast, but yeah, at the time, not a lot of big names for that period. Uh, a lot of them have since yeah. become bigger names, especially Amy Adams, but That's yeah. That's what's kind of funny is that I feel like none of them had really hit their stride mm-hmm. until afterwards, yeah. and now many of them are quite well well known mm-hmm. yeah good for them good for them yeah um directed by robert lee king who uh hadn't done a whole lot else that i saw he wrote um she gets what she wants also known as slapper she's french which is a fun little uh teen comedy um what else uh it's a film adaptation like we said of the play by charles bush who is, of course, the female impersonator extraordinaire. Um, Indeed. The original play was titled Gidget Goes Psychotic, which I, I kind of like better, but... <laughs> I kind of like that, too. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming there were some, like, rights problems with that, I'm that's sure. What the, you know? That's what Wikipedia said. There were some sort of, like, yeah. concerns about copyright. Um, yeah. Gidget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sally Field would have been very mad. She would have <laughs> yeah. said, "I don't you dare take my character and exactly. pervert her this way." <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> the whole time, I've been psycho the whole time. <laughs> Daniel, uh, I'm psycho. Um, I can't remember if we mentioned that, but yeah, Charles Bush originally played the role of Cricket in the '87 production, and then wrote this character of Monica Stark specifically for the film, um, so that. Uh, they could be in the film, which I appreciate. I do love this. I love this role, though. It's great. Because, <laughs> like, this character just kind of randomly shows shows up, yeah. like, maybe five times yeah. in the movie, mm-hmm. but sort of steals the show every, every time. Mm-hmm. It's just this kind of, like, Eve Arden, Rosalind, Russell-esque character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah, it's wonderful. 
uh bush also wrote uh die mommy die which is fun it's just um, so much fun we might cover that at some point it's fun uh not a bad idea um some movie called a very serious person which is more of a drama i haven't seen it but it's out there oh, i haven't seen that i have not seen it uh oh what else uh i mean as we mentioned it's not surprising that uh, critics kind of mixed on this 55 percent on Rotten tomatoes some people get it some people didn't which tends to be the case with these yeah. dark comedy camp satire True. things yeah uh, some of the good ones, Stephen Holden of New York Times said that it accomplishes what no stage production could by assiduously copying the look and sound of those 60s movies, the wriggling title sequences, the twangy surf music, and the gawky gee whiz screen acting style. It definitely skewers <laughs> the false innocence of American pop culture on the eve of counterculture deluge. Most of the play's subversive humor has arrived on the screen, in, screen intact. That's true. Wow. Um, That's pretty good. That's a good point about how, like, they're able to actually create a 60s movie aesthetic. Um, yeah, you know. they can show, like, you know, like, all the flashbacks and, mm-hmm. and um, and like, you know, when, whenever full, full Lawrence gets one of her spells, it kind of does, like, a very, like, like, William Castle movie-esque thing where, like, it just gets all wacky and yeah. tri- trippy yeah. and, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, oh, what else? What else? Um, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle said that it captures the the woman alone in the world toughness of the roles played by the stars he loves. Or Charles Bush captures all those things. Um, it goes beyond camp. He is sincere. Um, which I think is kind of uh, an interesting way to to, to, to put that it's like i think a lot of times we think of campus just being this like like we said really irreverent thing but it it, it yeah uh, th- this person you know charles bush clearly loves this stuff you know it, you can feel the passion for um yeah this material it's not just making fun of it to make fun of it you know i don't think charles bush ever plays the roles in a a kind of a drag queen way mm-hmm. it's always played as if Charles Bush is playing one of these starlets from the 40s or the 50s and sort of channeling them and taking it very seriously, which I think a lot of people wouldn't do. Yeah. And that's what really, you know, makes it work. Yeah. 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 It depends on the kind of drag. There's a lot of different types of drag, but yeah, this is definitely more um, sincere and uh, literally female impersonator you know uh, literally becoming yeah, this yeah. this character um mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know should we jump in i guess sure yeah there is a girl named florence there is a girl named florence and um and she has a friend um named Burdine, and they're at the drive-in picture show together and very upset that you know they're really the only ones that are not coupled up with boys and stuff. But see, Florence doesn't really get it. Like, she doesn't understand why, you know, at a certain age, every girl has to have a boyfriend and all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's immediately kind of like an outsider in the group. And um, and they're watching this film starring a, a sort of a B-movie actress named Bettina Barnes. Bettina Barnes. And um, it's called like the 
the waitress with two heads or something. Uh, uh, something three like heads because she's got the two. <laughs> three yeah, heads. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Three heads. They're so ridiculous <laughs> too. They just like these paper mache <laughs> things that are on her shoulders. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and um, that night at the drive-in, um, she goes to order a wiener mm-hmm. and sees this this um display and kind of blacks out it's like she sees this sort of circular display and like just disassociates basically and the next morning she discovers that someone was brutally murdered at the at the drive-in yeah yeah the whole and she's like oh no opening sequence is great i you get the you meet what's her face Rhonda or whatever in the wheelchair who is just like that bitch. <laughs> the character you would just not expect to be like the bitch of the film is just so well, like, acidic. At, yeah. at first, she's so nice, and you're like, oh yay, and then she immediately turns into a horrible bitch. And yeah, you're like yeah. oh my god, Which this is like, hilarious. I heard you're having your dick cut off and turned into a girl. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> awful. It's terrible. terrible. And so you're like, I hope she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, and so the town is kind of abuzz, and this policewoman, Monica, Monica, Monica Stark, Captain Monica Stark, played by Charles Bush, is asking Florence and um, Burdine questions about where they were, if they saw any, anything strange. And um, like, what is the? And then Beth, her, her mom is like, uh, as far as I know, we are not yet part of the Soviet Union. And she, <laughs> yeah. her character's good. She's been married three times, and she's such a horn dog mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, it, it's wonderful, and they they have this uh, ex- Swedish exchange student living with them. Exchange right? student Lars. Lars, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And you're like, what's his game? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, he's just very weird. He just kind of says a lot of like non sequiturs mm-hmm. throughout most mm-hmm. of, of the movie. Like he he doesn't really have much of a part. Yeah. Until the end. Um, and they decide to go down to the beach. And just kind of like, you know, chill out and stuff. And they go with Marvel Anne, who is, I guess, their frenemy of some sort. Yeah, I don't. It, it, I, at first, I'm like, is she leading them down there to like, you know, play a prank on them or something? But no, I guess they're sort of yeah. friends or something. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, because she does say something about like how she's only with them because they have a car. So, yeah. She, yeah. so yeah. she goes down there and she's like, okay, we're going to go boy hunting and mm-hmm. stuff. Which, of course, they don't really want to do. Um, and she spies these guys that are surfing. And Florence is like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Look at the way they surf. Look at them go. Oh, this is so cool. I want to learn how to do that. Like this bad green screen every time they're surfing. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so great. It's hilarious. <laughs> and so she, she, she wants to learn how to surf. Yeah. And they're like, you can't surf. You're a girl. You're a chick. You're a chicklet. Mm. And that's what they start to call her. That's mm-hmm. her new nickname. And Marvel Ann is just like pissed because she's just trying to get laid. There, and she's like, <laughs> that scene where, she, where she's like trying trying to pose and yeah, stuff yeah. and like get their attention, but they're too busy like wrestling, wrestling each other. Yeah, it's, they're all <laughs> over each other. Like, oh like, no, I dropped my top. <laughs> it's, like, it's, there's so much repressed sexuality in this movie. And it's, it's hilarious. And uh, the guys are all over each other all the time. And it's, yeah, it's. Oh, it's hilarious. Really and um 
and so F- Florence kind of starts to get a little smitten with this guy named Starcat. Starcat, yeah. played by Nicholas Brandon. I don't yes. know if that's his baptismal name. Yeah. I doubt it is. Um, and this is this character. And, uh, basically just, it's, it's the same character he plays in Buffy. It's this really kind of awkward, <laughs> neurotic, uh, anxiety-ridden character. Like, it, it, he's not even, like, acting, basically. It's just him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, hey, can you teach me how to serve and stuff? And he's like, no, I don't think I can do that. Um, but you might want to talk to this guy named Kanaka, Kanaka. who lives in this shack on the other side of the beach. Mm-hmm. And she's like, cool. So she goes there and tries to talk to, to this to this this guy. And he's just like this weird dude. And he's like, girls don't surf. What? And, and everything um, he says has a rhyme to it, too. Like It's very it's odd. odd. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's very weird. His hut though is really cool. The shack that he lives in, like I would, I would, I would live. There. I would have a beach house there. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> but while she's there, she sees another kind of circular object and blacks out again. But this time, we see what happens to her when she blacks out, and she turns into this person named Anne Bowman, Anne Bowman. who is a bit of a sort of sadomasochistic um, mistress. Yeah, and. Um, Kanaka's kind of turned on by this other personality. Yeah, Kanaka's a a submissive type throughout this movie, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and he's really into it. And and then there's another murder at the beach. Mm -hmm. There's another murder, and you're starting to think, oh my god, does she black out and become Ann Bowman Mm -hmm. and kill everybody? Because this dude is found, um, he's found dead. They find his... Set, severed hand on the beach the next day right yeah his hand and something else if or maybe it was just his hand i can't remember but is is this the guy no the testicle guy's yeah, later that's right later. so maybe it was just his hand. yes this guy has a, a really bad case of psoriasis right that's right apparently right and um and he's killed he's mm-hmm. put out of his misery um and so now monica stark is back on the case mm-hmm. And we discover that she and Kanaka have had a little fling back in the day. And I just love the obvious nude female body yeah. double in the flat, the flashback scene where yeah. they're ha- having sex in the police car. That's hilarious. <laughs> so great. And the like, role reversal between them where like it's usually the guy that's like, oh, my career's first. But now yeah. it's the, the woman police officer that's like, no, I'm going to be a detective. And, you know, yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, don't I mean anything to you? And it's like, oh yeah, you mean plenty to me, baby, or whatever. She's, you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very Joan Craw- Crawford, like woman's picture mm-hmm. kind of a character. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then they discovered that this starlet, this B movie starlet, Bettina Barnes, is actually living in a house on the beach. And they're like, oh my god, like what are you doing here and stuff? And they kind of bef- befriend her a bit. And um, and she has anxieties about being taken seriously as a dramatic actress as well. And she's living in this house where apparently there was this murder of a family years ago. Yeah. And it might be haunted. Yeah. So they have like a. But they're like, yeah, we're going to have a party there (laughs) because that's what they do. (laughs) Like some kind of seance thing. It lasts like two seconds. But yeah. Yeah. And of course, Florence's mom is like, no, you're going to go where with one of those B-movie actresses? <laughs> if it was Audrey Hepburn, maybe, but not <laughs> not Bettina Bonds. <laughs> but she goes anyway. And that's when there's another murder. Someone is killed again. One of the surfers is murdered. 
and we discover that he only had one testicle and that's why he was murdered they do a pretty good job in this in like a lot of red herrings as silly as it is mm-hmm. like you never really quite know who it is until the end uh which is there are many yeah there could be many options here because it, it's kind of implied to be chocolate because she's the one with all the um you know the, the personality disorder stuff here but then right you know, the details come out so well, yeah her mom you know she's a perfectionist yes, so you're thinking too, yeah. okay well there mm-hmm. this killer is killing people that have some sort of affliction of some sort yep. that makes them non-perfect so maybe it's her it could be her it maybe could be bettina uh just it could be bettina yeah, could because be... there's a little possible lesbian vibe mm-hmm. from Burdine as well yep could be Burdine. yeah um mm-hmm. who's kind of like like there's a scene where they almost make out yep. in the room yep um, and so you just, you're never quite sure. It, it could be Captain Monica Stark. Mm-hmm. You never know. never know. You never know. Um, so yes, there's another murder. And then we discover that, um, uh, blah, 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 that Florence has another personality as well mm-hmm. because Kanaka is trying to get Ann Bowman back. So he's, like, trying to trigger her into turning into Anne again because mm-hmm. he's, like, really turned on by Anne mm-hmm. and wants to get, like, spanked and stuff. And then um, he <laughs> he triggers Anne again and then, like, he, like, rips off his shirt and he's got, like, a corset on or something. Mm-hmm. And then Anne turns into another character. I'm trying to remember the name. I can't remember the name. Ty, Ty something, yeah. It ties something it's yeah. it's like sort of like this i don't even know how to describe it yeah. it's like yeah it's like that character from was it mad tv tv uh-huh the one that was like um oh what's uh, what's the character's name yeah. like it's a little like i don't know brenda um, from scary movie-esque too you know just this yes kind of, yes like, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just like the most random thing yeah. and um and they're like uh okay well now we know she has even more personalities here what's going on yeah. maybe she maybe she's the, the killer and um and then there's another murder and it's wheelchair girl mm-hmm. she's found with <laughs> decapitated just her head like on this like spinning head, uh, yeah wheel the fake it's great. head it's great. <laughs> <laughs> the fake head is amazing <laughs> um and this is all building up to this big luau mm-hmm. that's basically just an excuse for an orgy apparently yeah and Florence is, is like, I've never been to an orgy. What do I wear? And um, there's a whole like song and, and dance number at the the luau. There is it's, a number. It's, it's, it's great. Yes, between Marvel Ann and Bettina, yeah. they have like a little dance off. Yeah. It's it's you don't you don't get that in many movies. No, uh, there's also this like sweet kind of love story throughout the movie too with Yo Yo and provolone right where they that's right they're constantly all over each other throughout the movie and then they're like trying on gowns and then when they get to the luau like uh i can't remember which one is which but like they kiss each other and then you know one of yeah. them's like well they, one of them's trying to con down the other one and they kiss each other and then it's it's actually really it's cute you know it is kind of sweet yeah you know yay, yay representation queer. yay queer yeah it matters it does yay you, you frisky queers it kind of reminds me of uh uh, wet hot american summer just that like uh, uh oh yeah relationship there that yeah surprise yeah it's just this big luau and you know it's going to turn into a bloodbath mm-hmm. and it doesn't really not really not so much yeah 
Um, because then we end up discovering the truth because Florence's mom comes to the luau mm-hmm. to save her because, you know, she's really scared that she's going down a spiral and she's going to reveal some very dark family secrets. And that's when we find out why Florence has all these personalities because as a kid, she wanted to go to the movies with her mom and her brother and her mom was too busy servicing a military man and her real name is Ann Bowman and she's been living under a fake name and that's why Florence uses the name Ann Bowman and what happened was they were shooed away so they went to play in the playground and and she was pushing her brother on the swing and he kept saying make me go higher and higher and she pushed him so hard that the swing just swirled around and around and he flew out he flew of the out swing of and to his death I... <laughs> I don't know. oh it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous it's so insane <laughs> and so you're like okay well i guess that's it and they're like well i guess the mother must be the murderer you know and she's like no i didn't do it i didn't do it <laughs> they bring arrest her and she's and like, like oh, motherfucking no. cocksuckers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, with her legs, like, uh, grabbed around this uh, tiki post <laughs> thing. Trying, yeah, she's trying to st- steady herself <laughs> on the post. <laughs> That's so funny. Some good physical comedy yeah, in this movie. Yeah. And um, and Lars is like, okay, let's go home, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so they get in the car, he and um, Florence, and she's like, oh, I'm so concerned about my mother. Oh, I can't believe she's a murderer or what. And then it turns out Lars is actually the kid that killed his family in the house that Bettina is in all those years ago. He's not really an exchange student. What? His real name is Larry. (laughs) Yeah, and he killed his family because he was the only normal one in there Mm -hmm. because everyone else, like, was either crippled or, like, blind or deaf or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And um and so he felt the need to kill them. Yeah. I, I don't know why. And <laughs> because who re- really cares? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know. And um and there's a big showdown at the drive-in movie th- theater, and like they're climbing on the screen, like on this big staircase and stuff. And he's got a knife. He's trying to get her. And um and she keeps like coming in and out of being herself and being Anne. I like when she at one and, like, point all just these like different sings opera or something. It, that might be earlier, oh, yeah. but it's, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the bit where she's describing um the backstory. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, it's yes, hilarious. and, and she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> again, this the Warm- Oscar <laughs> deserving role here. It's it's amazing. Warming up those pipes for my fair lady. Yeah, about apparently. Fifth. 15 years afterwards um and uh and so yeah there's like this big showdown and monica shows up and like shoots him and he falls off of the the drive-in screen to his death the the, the climax is pretty pretty quick here it's just like oh he's dead yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's pretty much it and then it's just like wrapped up in like a nice little bow yeah it uh they go to the well you see this um epilogue thing that you assume that oh maybe mm-hmm. she's been crazy the whole time um yeah but yeah. it turns it's out like an ending within an ending it's an ending yeah. within an ending because it's just these kids watching the movie at the drive-in and, and then ann bowman just pops up and with a knife pops up from the back seat and is like it's me ann bowman ah! so she's now <laughs> the killer i guess and uh 
And now I wish we had a Psycho Beach Party too. I, I, yeah, why not? All serious. Not too late. No, there's, there's time. Charles Bush is still alive. Everyone's still alive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, make it happen, someone. Yeah, 21 years. Goddamn, 21 years. Oh. No, stop, stop that madness, That's please. Crazy. That's crazy. No, um, impossible. It's got kind of a timeless feel because it is so like yeah. trying to be like a 60s movie here. Um, I think period films tend to age really, really well because they're already dated mm-hmm. when they were made. So yeah. it's like it's already either really well or yeah. really badly. Like there's no in between. Like yeah. it's like you watch something yeah. like uh, like The Net or something with uh, 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 what's her face, Sandra Bullock. And it's like it, it's so ridiculous. Well, that's such so a 90s, 90s movie, though. I mean, that's yeah. But like that film was trying to be like of the time. Oh, I you see know, what you're like saying. That, at the time when that was made, that was like cutting edge and hip. Yeah, nonstop scary. I but, see what you're saying, like a period um, film, like in terms of like like a 70s, yeah, like, film, um, like a 90s movie that was trying to be the 70s type of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Or or like um, even something like Hell Night, where it's yeah. taking place in the 80s, but everyone's dressed in like Victorian costumes, and it's like in this Victorian mansion, so it feels right. more timeless. Except right. for maybe like the hair hair styles, but that's kind of about it. Yeah, that's the. You only run into problems sometimes if it's like, like we talked about with Fear Street, where it's like, you're setting this in 94, but it's, most of the stuff is late 90s, like, that you're right. referencing. So it's like, exactly it, it does get all, uh, like, a lot of the trends get thrown into a, a blender, and they're like, oh, this is what the 90s were. Yeah. It's like, okay, but you need to understand that, like, the late 90s is not the early 90s, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. certainly and, not. And I'm sure there's yeah. some things, like, even this, I'm sure there's some things that are like, uh, well, uh, the, the thing with this is that it's so... Irreverent, um, that and it's trying to d- throw so many things into a blender, so that's why it works so well. Because yeah. it's like, okay, we have these, it's fifties melodrama stuff, and it's sixties beach movies, and it's eighties slasher stuff. So it's like it's all kind of thrown together. Um, yeah, um, it's. I don't think it's going for documentary style no. realism no, 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 at no. any point in the film. Yeah. So I think it, it's it's more forgivable because yeah. it's just so ridiculous and it, over the top. It is interesting that that looking back at like uh like our childhood, how much like even though we didn't grow up in the sixties, like how much uh mm. stuff was trying to evoke the sixties at the time because yeah. it's like all the people who grew up in the sixties decided they wanted to relive that period and so yeah, like Sister exactly. Act with all these sixties girl numbers oh, yeah. and First Wives yeah. Club with the girl number and like uh, uh my, I never thought about that. My best friend's yeah. wedding has it and like there, there's mm. like every gay movie stuff, from yeah. that every like big gay classic has that's some sort so of like true. 60s girl number in there um and all the 70s so, yeah that was a big deal all the 70s nostalgia movies you know uh like uh days and confused days and confused mm-hmm. and uh uh can't, last days suicides of disco and I don't know. last days of disco yeah there's a whole series of yeah. that so yeah it's like 54 54 yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it does sort of cloud our like idea of like okay was this how the 70s like actually were and the 60s actually were that is it just that's what we've seen on film um exactly and it's it's i i don't i don't know i mean because like if i watch saturday night fever which Mm -hmm. is a disco film that actually took place in the 70s for real true and then i watch like 54 i mean it's a very different experience there's there's a grittiness to this to the actual 70s that i don't think any of those 90s films really captured yeah you know what i mean like it, it there was kind of a a vibe that's just not quite there like they might have the music right 
right. and maybe it, some of the costumes. Well, but it, it's kind of know. that's what makes it kind of fun to like watch period films from different periods. Like going back and watching mm-hmm. like um the Brady Bunch movie at this point yeah. is fun because they were trying to be the seventies, but they were also so ridiculously early nineties that like you go back and yeah. watch it that it's like it's a period film of a period <laughs> film at this point that it's exactly you know, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's like double the period. Yeah, double I love it. <laughs> double the period. <laughs> new maxi pad double, yeah, double, double, double the period double, double your fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's that is a good one i i never thought 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 about that it is like a 70s period piece and a 90s period mm-hmm. period piece with all the grunge stuff and yeah um, yeah yeah um but yeah uh i don't know psycho beach party if you haven't seen it go check it out it's apparently there's a blu-ray out there's i don't a blu-ray. have it yet, i have but... the blu-ray yeah it's it's out there um I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it's it's it's. Uh, yeah, I think you can rent it, so it's out there. Um, Rental? I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm from Gen whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know what a rental is. Gen X Y Z L M N O P. Yeah. It's, yeah, the they've run out of letters. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe we've lost Kevin. So we're going to have to end this episode a little bit early. I'm so sorry. But we've been having internet problems all day. It's no biggie. We'll be back soon with another Patreon-exclusive camp classic at some point. We would like to apologize for any inconvenience, and we hope you will continue listening. Thank you for supporting us, and have a nice day.